Alrighty. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Mitzi and this is Mitzi. Let's think about it. I have a special guest here, Dr. Marnie, who is going to be sharing with us her walk with spirituality and how she is able to use what she calls STEs, which is translated to spiritually transformative experiences. And everybody, I hope that you guys can learn from this experience because a lot of people do consider this as a taboo just to learn their spirituality or just poke into that option of learning what is really spiritual. So we're going to break this taboo down with Dr. Marnie and hopefully you guys can enjoy this. So Dr. Marnie, if you don't mind introducing yourself. Yeah, sure. Hi everyone. My name's Marnie and I'm an author of the 2020 Best Books Award winning spiritual fiction, God Came to My Garage Sale. And in that spiritual fiction, it was actually inspired by real events that I had at a garage sale, but that I have had since then and even before then, as well as incorporating other people's experiences, near-death experiences from all the research that I did after, you know, experiencing this and just being blown away and needing to just research and find out what really did I go through. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I am an author of many other kinds of books as well, but I'm so excited to talk about my spiritual transformative experiences. Awesome. Awesome. So what would you consider to be a spiritual transformative event? Since like you said, you had them in the past, but I don't think you really put it two and two together until later on when you had that big one, right? Right. So what made it realize that you had your epiphany as they call it? What would that be for you? You know, while it was happening, you know, there was a lot of kind of cognitive dissonance trying to figure out what I was experiencing. But like you said, it it isn't until afterwards when you really think about it and put the pieces of the puzzle together that you really understand. But I would say, you know, it was something that my regular human mind just couldn't explain. Like, for example, I saw things several times in slow motion. And I know life doesn't work that way. You know, it's not like we're in a movie and all of a sudden we're in slow motion. But most of the experiences I had, it was like time really stood still. And I was able to see and know details of things that normally I wouldn't be able to because it would happen in an instant. So that is a common thread with all the STEs that made me realize, you know, this was something very special that I was experiencing. And, you know, I am, I have an atheist background, you know, and then I, over the years, slowly questioned, you know, religions or spirituality, you know, so I didn't have a foundation of religion or spirituality. And because of that, I needed more evidence than most people. I don't have just this blind faith, like, oh yeah, this is what happened. I needed to really look into it. And after, you know, years of studying other people's experiences, thousands and thousands of accounts, it was very, very clear to me that what I experienced was of a spiritual divine nature. No, and I think that's nice that you had a atheist background because I feel that there's no, or there's less bias when it comes to it. Because like you said, some people that grew up in 
knowing God, as they would say, or knowing a religion or practicing a religion, they already have, like you said, a blind perspective and blind faith of that deity. And me, someone who knows of God and was raised with God, I honestly didn't have my spiritual connection and my spiritual experience with God until later on in my early teens. You know, certain people have that later on in years, in their 20s, in their 30s, in their 40s, you know, and so on. You know, so everybody experiences God differently in their own time. I feel like, you know, I just feel that it just depends on if your mind is ready to receive it. And it sounds like your mind was already curious because you knew of God because you are atheist. And I feel that if you're atheist, you know of a God, but you just choose not to believe in it. You know, that's just your choice, you know? So the fact that you were able to get this experience from God, it just shows how important you are to God for him to try to wake you up, you know, for him to really want that experience and to want that relationship with you because that's when I feel that people have their experiences when God needs to have that relationship with you and he needs to guide your life in the way that is more beneficial for you at the end of the day. Right. And most definitely, actually, in addition to that, so many people's experiences happen after some sort of traumatic event. Mm -hmm. So they either die in a car accident or, you know, a medical mishap on an operating table or something like that. And then they are revived and then they recount their experiences, you know, but spiritually transformative experiences can happen anytime. If you are paying attention to the signs and synchronicities. In my particular case, I had some significant losses in my life. And those losses just were so severe that it prompted me to question, you know, why do bad things happen to good people? Or what is this all about? And because I always kind of had that questioning nature, but then I was thrown into a situation, it was like I was primed to have a spiritually transformative experience. And, you know, it's now like you were mentioning, it's taboo to talk about that. Nowadays, there are platforms for people to you know, express what they went through, just like your podcast, but also there's an amazing organization called SAI, that is the president is Yvonne Kaysen and Spiritual Awakenings International. And I am so honored that the board of directors of SAI asked me to speak at their 2022 conference, which is coming up this June. So I'll be part of a, a panel with some other people that have had these experiences to talk about them, to, to bring awareness that, you know, this happens and it does happen to a lot of people. And we are now feeling, you know, over the years, more comfortable in sharing what we've been through. Yeah. And I think that's the thing back then. And even still today, just sharing your experiences with somebody is uncomfortable and unsettling because I feel that a lot of people, they feel vulnerable. They feel like they're going to get judged. They feel like they're going to get misunderstood. They're going to be looked at as crazy because however you experience your spirituality awakening at that moment, it's going to be surreal. Like you said, years went in slow motion. Years happened in a way that it just made you reflect back on your life. You know, so if you probably told your story to somebody else that's a non-believer or, or someone who didn't have the knowledge as I or like other people who are in that group, then they would just 
write you off, you know, and it's not fair because your experiences are valid. You wouldn't be talking about something just because you pull it out of the air. You know what I mean? Authors right. are not <laughs> because they say a lot of authors, just because of our imagination, we can pull things out of the air, but still at the same time, nothing can really explain what you went through spiritually in a level unless somebody has that spiritual connection as well or somebody who has that experience or somebody who just understands what you are going through because it's so personal right luckily in one of my experiences i knew to pull out my cell phone camera and videotape what i was experiencing you know and that didn't happen that awareness to do that didn't happen right away Uh, actually the first chapter in this book and the book is god came to my garage sale and you know, it was highly endorsed by um, James Redfield, who is the best-selling author of the Celestine Prophecy series, who also was writes about spiritual transformation and continues to do so right now with his Celestine vision. But, you know, luckily when I was experienced, like for example, the first chapter is called Dancing Dragonflies. And that experience, I was looking at my home, kind of saying goodbye to the life that I knew. And, but with a beautiful feeling of gratitude and love, not anger or anything negative. And I had an experience where one dragonfly circled me, which is no big deal. And after a very short time, a couple minutes, there were five dragonflies, then 10, then a hundred you know, um, just circling me and in slow motion so much that I could see the veins and the wings, or I can see the iridescent colors, you know, of the body of the dragonflies and the different sizes. And the feeling that I had was all about like, these are generations of either my family or other ancestors, or maybe even, you know, people in the neighborhood that were coming around circling me to let me know that, you know, I would be okay. That, you know, yes, I'm making this big transition and leaving this beautiful home that I thought would be my forever home, but they just kind of reassured me. But luckily I knew to pull out my cell phone partway through and videotape. So I had evidence that yes, I had, you know, close to a hundred dragonflies circling me. So every now and then when you have an experience, you can either, you know, document it or you can have a witness to also be there to say, yes, I saw that too you know and that is very validating because you are very much alone in for the most part when you have your spiritual awakening or you have you know experiences that come your way when you're paying attention to signs and synchronicities so you know and I know a lot of people will think well it's just coincidence or you're putting those two events together to make meaning for it Mm -hmm. and I understand that argument because that's kind of really where I was at my whole life I would always kind of justify it in earthly terms but after having so many experiences and then reading about other people's experiences you know so many of them that I realized this was the real deal. I really experienced this and it was life-changing for me. No, I think that's right. I mean, like you said, people can justify it. Yeah, there's many millions of ways to justify something. But it's like you said, once you connect the dots and once you really reflect and once you really rationalize it in your mind, you realize it, it could be, but then in reality, it's not. You know, there's something more that's happening because the chances of science coming into this specific moment is very rare to possibly even none you know Although what I mean very is coming around because of wonderful people like Evan Alexander and Karen Newell they they 
bring the science to the near-death experience, you know, to the spiritually mm-hmm. transformative experience with research, with medical documentation. So actually the scientific field is starting to really embrace that this can happen, you know, just like in our minds, you know, we all grew up thinking there's no such thing as UFOs, except for, mm-hmm. you know, in the movies or something like that. But now there's evidence and proof, and it could be for political reasons too, the the timing of it all. But, Mm -hmm. you know, now it's coming out that, you know, well, wait a minute, there have been craft and beings that are not from this world. And so it's very hard to wrap around, you know, the concept if we've always believed a certain way. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I just think now the scientific community is embracing all sorts of things. Like actually another chapter in the book is about orbs. When you take a photograph with a a certain, not a cell phone, but with a certain kind of camera, you can see orbs in photos and they can be moving and they could have faces of people in there or animals. And I didn't know that much about orbs until I experienced it. And I thought, Mm -hmm. oh, maybe it's just some liquid or dust on the camera lens or something like that. But no, this is a real phenomenon. And actually in my book, I kind of do an information dump in my book because I give a lot of history about orbs and about how scientifically they have been proven around the world. And, you know, it's just kind of a taboo subject, like you said, because people don't talk about things like this that much because they don't want to be judged, you know, like that they are making something up or whatever. But, you know, I have also found a lot of sincerity in whoever is speaking about their experiences because, and and most of us are compelled to speak about them. You know, even people that aren't comfortable in front of an audience speaking. Like I remember at an IONS conference, I would go to these IONS meetings in Chicago, where I used to live. I live in the Caribbean now, but, you know, I would go to the IONS conferences, which is the International Association for Near-Death Studies. And you could hear people's accounts, you know, speakers that would talk about their experiences. And there was one woman, I remember her, she was hit by lightning on two separate occasions and had near-death experiences with both of them. Now, she is someone that never wanted to get up and talk about this with other people. She's very much an introvert, shy, you know, uncomfortable, you know, in front of other people. But she was so compelled to go on in the way the ion speaking circuit to explain her situation. She did choose to have a mentor with her that would help her because she, you know, had some panic attacks or whatever. But, you know, even someone like that was compelled to share her experiences with the world, to let others know, pay attention to signs and synchronicities. Pay attention when some big traumatic event happens and somehow you are awakened to experience some miracles. So luckily the science is behind all this now. Yeah. And that's great because especially for those people who need scientific facts to believe or to step forward or to be even intrigued enough to listen, I think that is very important. And I'm glad that this generation is trying to explore the different avenues because if this generation wasn't necessarily willing to explore, then we wouldn't be willing to talk about it, you know, or to think about it or to try to understand it and break it down. And there have been tons of shows on TV and on YouTube. 
those who that try to decipher spirits and spirituality and ghosts and orbs and reflections and mirrors, you know what I mean? Things that are unexplainable, you know, things that people will not believe in just because the way society has implemented in us to not believe or to believe it's only in stories and in movies and things like that. And I think handling our emotions as an individual when it comes to expressing our spirituality and expressing our testimony is very important because like you said that one lady she was having panic attacks you know she was allowing her emotions to get the best of her yet her testimony was needed for somebody else to hear Uh it and to understand it and to realize I'm not the only one that has gone through something like this or I'm not the only one that's going through it right now and I think that's the reason why I feel compelled to do my podcast because and have my interviews with other people because I can tell you all about my life and my opinion and all of these different topics yet until I bring somebody else in and let them know like okay I'm not the only one out there I'm not the only one that's experiencing these type of taboos and emotions then people realize that we're not identified by whatever people in society have identified you as and people love to identify people per their race per their sex per their money and their bank account all these categories that people want to identify and separate as but it doesn't take away the fact that we're all human we're all experiencing life as a spirit you know and through emotions so how do you deal with your emotions when you are going through a spiritual moment or when you are expressing your spiritual experiences with others i find that writing has been very therapeutic for me with all aspects of my life you know i was originally a high school teacher for 35 years 12 of those years i was an adjunct university professor so writing and reading were already you know, incorporated into who I was as a person. And I'm a lover of learning. So I'm always kind of researching and looking up things. But I found that writing the experiences out really helped me put the pieces of the puzzle together, you know, kind of, I just think when we express ourselves, whether we are talking about trauma, or whether we're talking about, you know, positive experiences, or spiritual experiences, putting it down on paper is a very safe way to help you kind of get it out. And then if you sit with it for a little bit, you know, more memories can come back, more information, you can keep adding on to it. So I was just compelled, you know, with all the different, I didn't even write about all my experiences in this spiritual fiction, but the writing I found was the way to really make sense of it and to process what I went through. And of course, like I said before, hearing other people's accounts, you know, listening or reading other people's accounts of what they experienced experience, you can find similarities in your own experiences. And that's very validating. So would you say that listening to other people's spiritual experiences versus reflecting on your own experiences, which one would be more valid to you? Because it sounds like other people's experiences was more of a validation that there is a a God versus your own experience. Is that right? Yeah, I know what you're saying. It's a very good question. I really can't say one is better than the other. I really think that in my particular case, I needed both. Not only did I want to reflect on what I experienced, you know, and I would try to get myself in a meditative state to try to remember every single detail. And it's actually kind of crazy. It's easy to forget some just general things in your life, but these spiritual experiences for some reason are so crystal clear with the feeling 
feelings and with the colors and with the, just the sights and sounds, just everything is so crystal clear. It's like it's embedded in your memory, but it does take a little time to unpack it, to make sense of it. So I would say, you know, they're both important for me. Maybe it's because of my background of not having that blind faith. I needed maybe a little bit more external validation by hearing other people's stories where some people might not need that as much as I did. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. How just because your background and how you were raised and how you perceived it, it made you more yearning for other people's experience just so that you can validate your own. Because sometimes I feel that when you experience everything by yourself and in yourself and you don't outsource what you're feeling and you don't outsource what you're thinking and you don't outsource just anything sometimes, then you can misperceive what's actually going on within you, you know, and you can just create a story out of nothing at some time. So that's good that you were able to do that and you were able to seek that other validation. You were able to get that and you were able to do that research because not a lot of people have that research bug in them. You know what I mean? Like me, sometimes I like to research and other things. I would just go by faith and be like, eh, I don't need to research, you know, but that's just who I am, you know, versus you, you wouldn't ever do that. It doesn't seem like you need that. I want those answers. Yeah. (laughs) You need to know the answers. Right. I want those answers. Yeah. And I guess my next question would be when you hear spirituality and when you hear someone just talk about spirituality, what is the first thing that you actually think of? Because I know when people hear that it's different for each person. What do you think of automatically when you hear that word? When I hear spirituality and if someone is saying that they're spiritual or that they've had experiences, I just look that they are deeper of a person than they might appear with their outward appearance. Not only have they experienced it, but they've done some inner reflection on it and, you know, come to the conclusion that, you know, what they experienced was spiritual. So when I think about that, I look at it as a person who has done some inner work and some deeper reflection on their own life. You know, I really believe that, you know, we talk about humans having spiritual experiences, but I really believe now, I didn't before, but now I believe that we're spiritual beings that are having a human experience. Correct. I believe that as well, just because I feel that we are more spiritual, but we choose to be more human, you know, just to blend in. Because let's be honest, we live in a world where living on your flesh and going by the wind and just living off of your emotions without rationalizing is just what people do. So when I hear someone say that they have a spiritual awakening or they're trying to go through their spiritual walk or they are a spiritual human being, I do what you do as well. You know, I try to make sure that they're not very vain individuals and very naive, because if you are naive and vain and narrow-minded, then I don't qualify you as having a spiritual awakening yet. You need to have more gratitude and have more appreciation. And there's a different type of peace when it comes to a spiritual awakening, you know, and if I don't feel or see or hear that peace coming from you, I'm going to disqualify your spiritual awakening or disqualify your spiritualness because you haven't gotten it yet. Because every person that I've met that actually had a spiritual awakening or a spiritual experience and validated it and let it marinate and actually reflected on their life 
their life has changed. You know, their perspective has changed. The way they think has changed. The way they talk has changed. The way they even dress has changed. You know, everything really changes once you actually had that real impactful spiritual experience because someone can have little mini experiences, but it doesn't really get to them until it gets that one big one where it hits them in the head. Like, oh, damn, you know, like I've been trying to work with you, but now here, wake up, you know? So when you actually have that, have a V8 moment, Mm -hmm. (laughs) then I honestly disqualify a lot of people because I feel that it's the new thing nowadays. You see on TikTok, Instagram, everywhere. I understand what you're saying. It is a life-changing experience. It's like, you know, I am someone who has experienced such loss and betrayal and just devastation. Just like many of us have our own stories. And I don't know that I would be able to handle it with such grace and peace and calm if I didn't have the experiences that I did that were spiritual. It really gave me a different perspective. And I've always been someone that has lived in gratitude and appreciated the wonder of the world. But now I look at it like we are here to learn lessons. We're here to experience different emotions. And, you know, I'm just so glad my light bulb went on when it did that I could go on the rest of my life with this new awareness. Because like you said, it does change you. You become a more calm, you know, individual living in gratitude and appreciation of all sorts of things, you know, and realizing that there are some connections that are divine that are leading us in the right way to self-actualize yeah yeah and I think that's important and I feel that once you get to that point it's a different life you know and people say yeah you only live one life but you have many life awakenings in one life you know but that's just my perspective right how long did it take for you to actually write your book after experiencing this life the spiritual awakening did it take you a while were you fighting with God for a bit before you actually submitted and done it because for me when God tells me to do something I'm very reluctant at first you know I kind of fight with him you know I kind of push it away like no I give him reasons and reasons and reasons why I'm not qualified to do such a thing you know and then it kind of comes to the point where he gives me another awakening and I have to just submit and do what he told me to do and when I do it I realize wow I'm doing what God needs me to do but that's just my own personal experience how long did it take for you to write the book and do you have like a similar reaction as well yeah, actually, I think most of us have a similar reaction. The, the time frame can range for different people, but there are a lot of people that it takes 10 years or 20 years or even 30 years for them to really have another experience, but then connect the dots to some previous experience that they had. And then it prompted them to write. You know, so you will hear many people speak about NDEs or STEs that happened years ago, but they're just now feeling you know, like they can talk about it. I would say it was about a five-year difference for me. Mm -hmm. So when I actually had the spiritual experiences, the beginning one, you know, I have since had many others, 
And then I also, because of that, connected the dots to other experiences, you know, when I was a child or young adult that I never really thought I would think about again. But because of these experiences, I'm able to go back in time and kind of realize, hey, that is another example. But I would say it was about, you know, when I had the garage sale, that first garage sale, even though it's a spiritual fiction that was inspired by the real story, but that was about 2014. And the book was published and released in 2019. So, and a lot happened, you know, between when that happened and, and when I wrote the book, but it was just a journey that I was compelled to be on. And, you know, so many people don't take it to the next level of actually writing a book. You know, they might think about these things, talk about it with some people, you know, they might keep a journal or something like that, but I was just compelled and I wanted to make it, I made it a spiritual fiction so that it could maybe reach an audience that normally would not even look into spiritual transformative experiences. So, you know, an easy to read fiction, spiritual fiction is, is uh, something that, you know, the ordinary everyday person, you know, could pick up and have another way of being exposed to this phenomenon in a way that's not like where it's, you know, all facts and, you know, it's all or nothing that they may not look into. So that was part Mm -hmm. of the reason for deciding to make this a spiritual fiction. That's good. It sounds like you really had to think about it so that when you presented it to the world, it wasn't going to be rejected in a way that was going to reject you. You know, you did it in the right way. And I think that's very smart. And I feel that when people are going through this conflict within themselves spiritually and with God, it comes down to that right there. They always tell themselves, I don't want to be rejected by my story, or I don't want to be rejected because I'm going to look in such a way. And rejection is a big thing to deal with emotionally because it makes you feel useless or just makes you feel so many negative emotions that we already deal with on a day-to-day basis so that when we put our vulnerability out there it really makes us extra vulnerable because I think that's one of my biggest things is that I took around five years to start my podcasting start writing my children's books and you know I even started writing a novel that I am holding on to because I feel like I'm going to be rejected by the novel because it's so different you know and that's you know your truth you know your truth and so you know at some point you don't let these external forces navigate your path correct that's the key right there is that once I started blocking them off and just coaching myself because I feel like that was the biggest thing I had to coach myself and tell myself and remind myself that people's point of views don't really matter of me because I know who I really am so despite what people may think of me at the end of the day I know who I am and I can sleep at night with myself because that's the thing everybody has to be able to live with themselves and that's the biggest question that I had to ask myself is will I really be able to live with myself if I don't do what God asked me to do. And it was like a no. I want to be able to, I would feel bad, you know? So that's the reason why I had to step out of my comfort zone and that's why I'm still doing it. And I think that it's a hard process to do, but I feel that balance between trying to keep your peace and walk with grace and try to connect with your spirit is kind of hard sometimes. Do you agree? Is that something, or how do you deal with keeping the peace and the balance within your own spirit and self? You know, you, you make a really, really good point. I think that, you know, you know your own truth. And so you shouldn't let these outside in, influences 
determine your truth. And one thing I believe in is staying true to your own integrity. So, you know, I made some major life changes, even though my life was going along supposedly fine. But because my value, I have a value with honesty that is just the biggest value that I have is honesty. And it translates into my writing or into my interactions with others. And so if I stay true to my value of honesty, you know, and goodness and compassion, then I know I'm on the right path. I know that God and the spirit world is all about love. It's all about the vibration of love and bringing that awareness. So I'm much more comfortable, you know, now because I really know my truth. That's good. I thank you for your perspective. It has been a very nice conversation that we've been having about this, you know, talking about this with somebody else. To be honest, when we we set up this interview at first, I was kind of skeptical. Like I was talking to God about, I was like, oh, should I really do this? It's a real, real big taboo. And I don't want to be, you know, judged. But then God was like, what's the point? You're going to be judged no matter what. So I took it and I, we set it up and now we're having this conversation and I'm just like, I'm very glad I'm able to speak with this with somebody else because I could speak with my sisters and my mom and my family members with spiritualness. And it's not the same when I speak with somebody outside about the spiritualness and your spiritual walk and what you've experienced and how do you handle it? Because it sounds like we're all handling it the same way. We're all trying to figure out how to really accept ourselves and be our true selves and walk within our spirit versus in our flesh, you know? And it's nice to know that, you know, I'm not the only one. (laughs) Not at all, not at all. And, you know, you've got such a beautiful platform, you know, to have these kind of conversations. I mean, you have conversations with so many different people on so many different topics and you really, you know, delve into these to the deep the deep Mm -hmm. conversations the deep meanings behind things and that's a testament to you and your wonderful spirit so I'm just honored that you saw value in what I had to say and it is great to have these conversations and you know Mitzi if we reach just one person with this conversation we've already changed the world Exactly. You know, yeah. Exactly. So I so, totally agree. Yeah, we need to be compelled to do things for the right reasons, not you know, for show, not for you know, worrying about how it's going to be received by other people. You know, we are a vast and unique world with so many different people and personalities and perspectives. And mm-hmm. so you're never going to be able to reach everyone, you know, and nor should that be your mission. You know, I don't have that mission, but I certainly had enough within me that I wanted to write about it. You know, this and a lot of other things, because I think our voices matter and these conversations are very important to have, you know, it's nice to get past the surface talk into something a little deeper. Yeah, most definitely. I think once we start diving in and going deeper, then we really start to expose our inner selves and our hearts. And we need to expose our hearts more. We need to stop exposing our flesh and what's on the outside. And everybody sees on the outside. Everybody's always looking at photos of people on the outside, but people never know what's really going on on the inside. And that's the reason why I feel that mental health is a big issue nowadays. And people having suicides and depression and being bipolar and just not being able to handle life is a big thing. And it's just because people don't want to talk about these deep 
deeper situations, these deeper taboos and these feelings and everything that happens in life. Everybody keeps brushing it under the rug and I'm tired of it. And I think that's the reason why I started my thinking business (laughs) because I really want people to think about it. I really want people to start thinking about things in a different perspective. I may have the wrong perspective sometimes. I'm not always the brightest. I don't have every knowledge of everything in the world. You know, I can admit to it, but that's the reason why I do this is because somebody else out there may have a better knowledge than me and I can bring them on the show and I can bring them on and they can give me that perspective, you know, that can give me something that I'm lacking. And I thank you because you gave me stuff that I was lacking that I didn't even know I was lacking, you know, and I truly appreciate your time and coming on to the show. Do you have anything else, any suggestions or advice for any audience that may be listening? Well, you know, I would say, well, first of all, check me out, check my books out. My website is www.godcametomygaragesale.com. So the name of my spiritual fiction, but I would say, you know, my parting words to anyone that is uh, tuning in is that we all go through challenges in our lives. Some are negative, some are positive, some are spiritual, you know, and we need to come try to make sense of things. But no matter what our challenges are, if we handle them with honesty and love, then we are already moving in the right direction to make sense of what we experience. So, you know, handle your challenges with goodness, honesty, and love. And then if you can also pay attention to signs and synchronicities along the way, your life will be richer because you will be opened up to the reality that there is a lot going on in this world that is deeper and has deeper meaning. Awesome. Thank you so much, Dr. Marnie. I really do appreciate that. And for any of my listeners, if you want to find the link, just go to my website, MitziThinking.com. And under the special guest, under my podcast, you'll be able to find her picture with her link. So you could go directly to her sites, check out the book, check out everything she has to say more in detail. This conversation was amazing. I wish we could keep talking some more, but we can have full conversations about so many more things. I'm going to have to bring you back. (laughs) I'm pretty sure we have, there's other topics we can talk about, but stay tuned. You guys always just keep thinking and yeah, always keep thinking. (laughs) 